So I've been spending some time contemplating how we can be the church during this pandemic, uh, because the way I see it, there is a, a danger uh, lurking underneath all of this online church uh, that we have transitioned into this virtual church thing that we're doing. Um, and if you don't see the danger there, I want to describe it to you for just a second. So substituting uh, watching a video of a church service for actual fellowship, physical presence with each other, accountability, um, being and going on mission and gathering together if you substitute what we're doing here, watching a video for all of that, that's what I mean by virtual church. And what the danger is, is that it's just enough to lure all of us into complacency. Kind of like that old illustration where if you put a, a frog in boiling water, it's going to jump out right away. But if you put the frog in water and you gradually heat it up, it gets used to it gradually. And then it dies. <laughs> so uh, we don't want that to happen to us. And so virtual church is dangerous because it kind of fakes us out. Really, it fakes us out and it draws us all into patterns of passivity or watching rather than participating in the life of the church, being the church. So question, how many of you are watching this in your pajamas? Seriously, um, you don't even know right now if I'm wearing shorts or standing in my boxers for all, you know, just kidding, I'm not. But how many, are, how many of you, the real question is how many of you are watching this and you're not going to discuss it with anyone afterwards? You're not going to process it with another individual. Um, how many of you are starting to drift towards judging the quality of this service and you haven't given the time or forethought to listening to God's Spirit um, like we would if we were all together and we were being directed to do so. And he's, God is speaking to us even in the midst of all of this. And he's, he's calling you to do and be something during this pandemic. So here's a thought I think that needs to be said out loud. What we're doing here in any kind of video sermon, it just does not encapsulate who we are, and what we're to do as the people of God. And personally, I got to tell you, I don't have the passion uh, for preaching at a camera every week. I don't have the passion to figure out uh, what we used to do on a Sunday morning in our worship center when we gathered physically and then take that and just do it the same way here digitally um, with increasing excellence each week. I mean, so what? So what if we did that? I read this story this last week of a guy who back in high school, back in his day, he had the fastest car in his town. It was a Pontiac, uh, 1960 Pontiac GTO. Um, and it was tricked out for drag racing. I mean, this thing could fly, um, but or at least he thought it could fly. The deal was though, he, he, had, he had agreed to something with his parents and that was no racing. And if they ever heard or caught him racing, they would take the car away. So his favorite thing to do was to drive through town really slow down Main Street, kind of just revving it a little, 
getting that growl, you know what I'm talking about, and it just revving it and, and, and getting everybody to look because they knew this thing was a beast and it could take off if you wanted it to. Um, but that's all he'd do. He'd just drive it slowly down Main Street, all that power purring under the hood, but he never let it out. He never let it out of its cage. Just a lot of noise. He, he never, in other words, he never, he never used it the way it was created to be used. He never did what it was created to do. So I'll tell you what that makes me think about. Uh, when It makes me think about the potential of all the churches in the world at, where we see this disproportionate action compared to all the talk that churches do. What I mean by that is this. I want to give you a prediction, and it's kind of a dire one. There will be many churches there will be many churches that will that will do that they will try to figure out what i said before how to have a, a an increasingly excellent digital product to to push out to everybody every week and when this pandemic is gone they will have done very little in their neighborhood to care for the least of these they will not have led very many people if anybody at all to jesus and even further than that, there will be some churches that close their doors, churches that won't exist anymore after this pandemic is over for a lot of different reasons. Even if they do make it through and exist physically, uh, the danger is that they will be less healthy and less vibrant if this is all that you're doing, if this is all we're about watching a, watching a video once a week. It's not good to be literal or spiritual couch potatoes. <laughs> It's just not good week in and week out as the church. Furthermore, we are not called to simply exist as a church. We are not called to simply survive as a church. We are called to be fruitful and multiply. Yeah? Here's the deal. Jesus came to this earth to be like us. He became like you and like me, human to be a prototype of what it means to fully be human. At Christmas time, when we're talking about the, the birth of Jesus, we use this fancy word called incarnation, meaning he became human. He became God in the flesh. Absolutely revolutionary. So it follows that if we are his disciples, if we are Christians that want to be like him, then we are called to be incarnational. People who are in the flesh like him. We have to embody him. We have to embody an incarnational faith that does what Jesus did for the reasons that he did the things he did, right? Yeah? So we are his hands and feet is what is commonly said, but we are also his heart full of love in action. This is a revolutionary calling. We are being called to, to be something that is upside down from the world, the way the world works. The fundamental here is to love God and to love others. The problem is that during isolation and stay-at-home orders, we are lured into the idea that loving God just means doing stuff for yourself, like Bible study or prayer or that kind of thing, for your own faith. In other words, we are tricked into thinking we just need to love God. Uh, I, it, what, what's, that, what's sad about that is 
Christians are lured into this way of thinking even before this pandemic started, and online church has gained steam now even more so. And so the temptation to be lured in that direction is even more potent. And I don't have time to go into this in all the details, but the reality, the reality is that you're loving God most fully when you are tangibly and demonstrably loving others well. In fact, you can't love God unless you love others too. So during this pandemic, the fundamental of loving others well, pragmatically, and in creative ways, it is absolutely paramount. It is revolutionary. The question is this, what opportunities does this crisis offer our church? What opportunity does it offer you for growing deeper and broader, for loving people really well? What does the Spirit want us to do right now during this time? If we don't answer these questions, then we're not living up to our calling of following Jesus. When life goes back to normal, people will long be back, will be long back to work before they come back to church if we don't do this well. So I'm preaching to you if you are a Christian. What we're doing here online is not simply a workaround for a few weeks or months until we can get back into the building and then be the church. That is the wrong approach. Here is the challenge before all of us. In terms of us living our daily lives with our boots on the ground and even what we do here online as a church, but especially what we do in our neighborhood in a physical, tangible way, the challenge is to view what we're doing in the midst of this pandemic and to then train ourselves to have the understanding that we as a church are a distribution network for the love of Jesus. And here's what I mean by that. Here's how this is rooted in Jesus. We have just celebrated Easter and the resurrection of our Savior and Lord. And it's interesting to me in that story of his resurrection, as mind-blowingly amazing as that is, he still has to remind his, his, uh, his disciples and his followers, he still has to redirect their focus back on what his focus was, that he was incarnate, God with us, sent to be with us, sent to save the lost, sent to bring hope, sent to bring joy, sent to bring a meal <laughs> in all, it, just the very basics of life. And if they needed it right after on that, on the day of resurrection, if they needed that redirection and refocusing from Jesus, no wonder we still need that redirection today. Right after his resurrection, Jesus shows up, the text tells us, behind locked doors the night, the very night that the resurrection happened. And what he says to them is, and what he says to us is just utterly profound. This is found in John's version in, in chapter 20, verse 21. And he drops this statement after appearing basically out of nowhere. And what he says to them in the midst of that conversation is, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. This is the first thing that he says to them after the resurrection. Remember how the story started for them when he first called them to follow him? If you're familiar with the story, back when they were just fishermen before they started this three-year journey of ministering with Jesus and following him around and trying to learn from him, he shows up when they're fishing on the beach in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, and he says, follow me. 
and I will send you out to fish for people. I will send you out to fish for people. Then he closes that loop in John 20, 21. He starts by saying in Matthew, I will send you. And then he wraps things up by reminding them again, I was sent to you and you were supposed to be like me. And now I'm sending you. Don't forget from start to finish, the call of living like Jesus is to be sent. To live as ones who are sent. To live incarnationally to embody the life and love of Jesus. So here's the deal. There are a lot of different ways that we can be and embody the love and life of Jesus, and we don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are all kinds of awesome ideas that, that I've been finding popping up on the internet and hearing stories about in the last few weeks, and we wanna, we wanna engage and do some of these. In fact, some of you are already doing these things, sending cards, making masks, stuff like that. But I want to give you some ideas for engagement that we can use as a church. And then I want to give a call to action for us. So the first thing is, obviously, there's things that we can donate. There's, there's toilet paper. There's diapers. There's attending uh, the, the online fundraiser that's coming up for the West Seattle Food Bank uh, online. And you can make a donation because, obviously, they can't meet in person to do a fundraiser. But we want to be involved in that. You can call your neighbors and check in on them. You can call somebody and just catch up with them. I, I texted a friend uh, just this morning who I haven't talked to in years, but he was there for me a long time ago and for my family. And he lives in the middle of California. And, I, and, and he is a, on the, one of a, the first responders uh, for this pandemic. And I wanted to check in on him and see how he's doing. And luckily, and he's doing great. But um, you can pick up groceries. You can send cards. You can make something useful like hand sanitizer that kind of thing. The key is being purposeful every day about directing uh, your energies towards this kind of stuff. And, and there, it's not to say that everything we do online is a trap, it's not, but to utilize our tools online to make a difference. So when you're online, direct friends to our church and the resources that we can share with them and the help that we're offering. Um, you can share our needs assessment online. You can ask our, your neighbors to participate with you if you're going to uh, do the online fundraiser for the West Seattle Food Bank. Act on whatever it is that the Spirit is saying to you. And then what I'd like you to do is share what's going on. Tag us in, on Instagram. Tag us on Facebook. Write on our Facebook wall. Tag us and mention us on Twitter. Use all of those venues at your disposal because this is the time for the church to rise up and show that we are a being the hands and feet of Jesus and we are living out the kind of life and love that Jesus asked of us. So I want you to share it, post it in all those kinds of places, whatever acts of kindness and photos that you're taking of the things that maybe the deliveries that you're making, you know, or that kind of thing. The last thing I'd like to, to ask you to do is pay attention to our announcement that's coming tomorrow on our new live stream. I'm gonna be on there, um, hopefully, if we get it right. Again, we're not polished and, and all that stuff, um, and we don't have a big production crew, crew here at the church, but we're gonna try and do a live stream where we announce this um, Adopt a Restaurant and a Family and a Neighbor initiative. And I, I want you to know what that is, so you'll be able to go back and look at it if you miss it, but um, we would like you to get involved with that. And I'll give you the details on, on that live stream when we get it up and running. 
you're going to want to be a part of it and it's going to be amazing there's tons of different ideas somebody somebody i saw uh, online said you know we're all going to get these sti stimulus checks or at least most of us will do you really need it do you really need it can you kind of pay it forward can you take that money and honor God with it by giving it to someone in need. Or if you don't know how to use that, you can give it to the church and we'll make sure that it goes to where it's going to be used the most. You just let us know. Something like that. Maybe you're going to want to use it for our adopt restaurant family neighbor uh, initiative that we're going to start or something like that. Maybe you, maybe you might want to give that to uh, one of our missionaries or one of our church plants and we can show you how you can do that. Just a lot of ideas out there. Um, the main thing is that you're sharing it and putting Jesus on display boldly and proudly and that you're giving him the credit for what you're doing. Whatever it is, the time is now. And the possibilities for us are endless as a church. Jesus is sending us and we can join his revolution of love and make a difference. Will you join me in the revolution?